Well, welcome to another episode of the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Today, I'm joined with both Sophie Dimelo and our guest today, Nikki Chapel. Nikki works at Cloudway. Yep, Cloudway as a principal cloud architect. Um, so we're really pleased to have her today. Sophie, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. And it's really nice to be a co-host again. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Sophie Dimelo. I'm the Microsoft Cloud Consultant at the Pure Technology Group. Um, Nikki, do you want to give give a bit, a bit of an introduction about yourself and your job role? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Nikki Chappell. Um, I'm based near London and I've just recently joined. I'm only on week two. I've just joined um, Cloudway as a principal cloud architect focusing on governance and, and compliance. So Cloudware is a small uh, consultancy organization really focused on Microsoft 365. I'm the 10th person that joins the company and all, all of the other nines are MVPs. So something That's I aspire safe. to. So it's, it's, a, it's a real um, kind of, uh, I suppose, privilege uh, to be joining, you know, such esteemed people in the organization. But uh, yeah, I think I think I was going to ask a couple of questions about Cloudway because um, and, and, and what you first seen kind of, because they sound like a really good organization, to be fair, the likes of Ben and uh, others that are there have gone on to become MVPs there. So it sounds mm -hmm. like a really good progressive company to be able to not only work um, within Microsoft 365, but also within the community. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's really good to be working with other people that are so passionate about Microsoft 365. I think that's the difference from where I've come from. I came from a large company where they did lots of different things and there wasn't many people like myself that focused on what I was doing. So now actually joining a, a team of people that are all specialised and also passionate about Microsoft 365, delivering excellence to the customer, but also that community spirit as well. We're given that time to kind of evolve in ourselves, learn ourselves, and then really importantly, share what we know with the wider community. So you've been working in IT now for um, 35 years. Do you want to kind of, yeah. <laughs> sorry to put the number on, on the podcast, but you, yeah, yeah. you have said it, so it's out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. So no, I just wanted to, to, to say that, you know, gosh, it seems a long time. So yeah, really, I started in IT about probably 19 years old. It was just happened to be um, just a, a, one of the, the fathers of one of my friends happened to work for BT, and there was this big computer centre near where I live, so it was really close. Said, "Oh, there's some jobs going for for people in computer operations," and I thought. Sounds a bit interesting because I was always one of these girls that was a tomboy, always wanted to do tech stuff and, and logical stuff and everything. I thought, oh, it sounds interesting. Let's see where it goes. So that's where I started. And wow, I mean, computer operations, this mainframe computer. So it involved punching uh, cards, so like names and addresses, or if you wanted to learn load they were like big open reel tapes you had to like punch cards to actually load them up in this hopper massive great big almost like football pitch size rooms of mainframe computers no windows at any of that time it was kind of your dumb monitors with the green you know the screens with the green tape or imagine i think it was almost like the, the football you know when you kind of uh, as God, I suppose when I was growing up, the football um, scores used to come in. It was like a ticker tape, tick, 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 tick. It was almost like that on the screen. So, I mean, computing has come such a, a long way. And, uh, yeah, it's I'm going to uh, pretend I know what you're talking about, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like if you ever get the chance to go, if you're going to um, 
um, Bletchley Park, because there's a, a, a conference up there, 23rd of, of February. It's an amazing com uh, computer exhibition I've seen there. It, yeah. So some of those big box computers, not the Colossus stuff. I'm not old enough for that type of thing, but a lot of the other kind of, there were IBM, Amdell, ICL type of computers that I started working on first. So you're talking at that event, aren't you? I'm not talking, no, no not that there, one. Isn't there an in-person event towards February that I'm thinking about? or? Um, no, I'm not talking at any in-person events, so I'm going to go to it. So you're going to it. I must have seen yeah. it. You said that you're going to or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that so much, Nikki. Not obviously your first job at all, but um, in regard to being a tomboy and just thinking logically, like before this podcast, me and Nikki were talking about just decorations and being creative and stuff. And me personally, I don't have that side of me, but in, in terms of the logic and always being interested in tech and things like that, that's something that that was one of my character, characteristics as well. Do you think, obviously seeing the transition of tech, you know, throughout the years, how has that been for you? And if, do you feel like you've adapted? Well, obviously you've adapted really well to it, but how have you adapted to the changes? Well, I think that's one of the things that I like. I don't like that stability. So, you know, when we talk about, for, for most people, change can be uncomfortable. I've worked in environments where somebody's moving desks and it's like their whole world's collapsing <laughs> around them because they've been asked to sit somewhere else. Well, I find it exciting. So for me, I, I, I suppose as a, as a child, I like things like jigsaw puzzles and I used to do them upside down because they were a bit boring having the picture side up and things. So for me, it's just like this ongoing learning experience. I've I thrive on that. So that's where kind of I find that, you know, working in IT is fantastic because it's just changing all the time. There's always something to learn. I wouldn't want to be in a job where you kind of did some sort of training and then that was like stable for a particular yeah. amount of years. So I've always sought kind of say, well, I've learned that bit. Well, what else can I do? What else can be of value? And just kind of moved around really. And my whole career hasn't been in IT. I, you know, I've moved in and out of IT as I've gone on. And I think that really helps actually having that broad experience. Yeah, I think as well within Microsoft, because I specialize within Microsoft as well. And I think um, you've got to you've got to enjoy challenge and you've got to enjoy change because it is forever changing you need to keep up with it so you've got to enjoy learning as well yeah and i think the other thing is because i'm on the consultancy side i'm working with lots of different clients that's different industries different sizes they've got different business drivers so it's kind of it's that adapting what those kind of business drivers and business needs are and then applying them into how can the microsoft 365 product suite um you know support the customer so i feel that i'm really that translator role taking the, the the business why do we want to get there what do we want and then using microsoft 365 to deliver that how are we going to get there so how, over, over those years how do you feel the attitude to um, women working in it um, has, has changed if it has changed at all i'm guessing it has well i think it has um I still find that particularly in what I'm doing, because it's a lot of kind of compliance, governance, security type stuff. When I'm working with most clients, I'm almost always the only woman there. So that, that's, I think, still quite disappointing. You tend to find if like the data protection officer type of role, then you tend to get some more women in. But mainly kind of it seems to be it's still very male dominated. I think it's quite hard when you're young. I was very, very uh, shy as a child. I find it very hard to make uh, friends. You know, I was really much more focused on, I don't know, 
other things rather than people. So going into to, to IT, it didn't particularly worry me that I didn't have too many friends because that I, I don't get driven by, you know, um, kind of that, that social thing. I get driven by kind of learning and that internal um, motivators. Um, so for work side, it was fine, but it's the kind of, I think that social side. And I think still now you can have that, it's kind of that lads banter. I think particularly when you're younger, you don't necessarily resonate it. I mean, I'm not particularly into football and most blokes conversations turn around to, to football and all various other things. So that's where you kind of feel out of it in the actual work situation. It cannot uh, can be okay. Um, but I have worked with women um, previously that have left the IT industry because they felt that it was uncomfortable. Um, I think the other thing that I found not quite so much now because that the world has changed. When I first started, you still had, you know, we didn't have, you know, windows and the full-blown computers where you could do everything yourself. There were still those kind of secretariat-type roles. So traditionally, they were the women and the people in IT were the men. So I'd often go... Um, and be running, you know, a meeting, there'd be external people there, and they just automatically assumed I was there to take the notes, I was there to go and get the coffee, and you have to turn around and say, no, I'm actually the project manager of this, I might look young, I might be a woman, but, you know, it, 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 you're kind of on that back foot all the time, so I think I felt when I was younger, you had to be twice as good as a man to be recognised for, for what you, I suppose, what you are, really. Um, I said over the years, you kind of, I suppose, maturity helps and that sort of thing. I get much more confident in myself and my uh, my skills. And I know, you know, I've got that to back me up. But I think at the beginning of the career, um, it was much harder. And, and I think that's why it's really important that, that women support other women, you know, and, and bring that sort of mentoring, that supporting uh, culture to, to encourage people to say, Business skills are really important in the IT world. You don't have to, you know, um, I've done a computer science degree. You don't have to have been, um, a, you know, an, a, a technical consultant and work your way up. You can move in and have really good, valuable skills and bring them into IT as well. And do you think, or sort of more the question, when did you see that change that, you know, someone like me going into an IT consultancy role, we wouldn't have this? <clears throat> that, that, that stigma around men, men and female? I really think it's probably only in about the last 10 years or so that right. that sort of thing's changed. And I think the world has become a lot more open. So it wasn't just the stigma in women. It was the stigma of case of things like once you get to 50, you, you know, you've, you've had it over, as a career. Well, I'm over 50 now and I think I've only just begun to know what I really want in my life and I'm going to go for it. And that's taken me until the age of 50, or, you know, to get to know where I am. You know, I'm not not past it. So, you know, I think people's attitudes are beginning to change about all different sort of uh, stigmas and uh, prejudices that people have got and now work much more on, you know, what's people's attitudes like? What's their competencies? What's their skills and knowledge? Because it's not even about has somebody been to university and got a, a load of, of qualifications? You know, it's about is that person able to do that role? Have they got the skills and competencies? Yeah, it's really nice to hear that, especially as like someone younger, because there's so much pressure. There's just so much pressure on young people, and I guess for you know men, female, whoever. But um, it's it, you know the pressure to get it right and the pressure to have to be in a role and be successful and whatever. So 
the fact that you're just becoming out that's that's worth a, like a, a breath of fresh air to be honest <laughs> I think passion has got a lot to do with it you know yeah. I remember um you know in a, a role earlier on I was I was working on a project and we wanted people in the organization to, to be seconded on this uh, large uh, CRM um, transformation project and somebody from the customer service centre come up to me and she said I'm really interested in in sort of changing my career you know I haven't got any skills in IT is this something I can do and I thought well just because somebody has come to me and says they're willing they want to learn you think yeah let's give them a chance and they trans you know came worked on the, the project for two years came out became a test analyst and then it's become a business analyst and they're doing fantastically well in the career so i think it's it's opening those doors if you can for anybody else just to kind of get their foot in the jaw give them that additional um foot up sort of really and i and i think that's um where sort of women can help other women yeah I think that's really good and it's something that um definitely the microsoft uh, spotlight podcast um to have such a um encouragement of is the mentoring factor um i know john you think you know we're always looking for mentors and just people that are going to help people within that next step especially within mvp i know myself and john are uh, the same as yourselves so like we'd really love to be an mvp one day so um w- within cloud cloudware i know you said you're, you you know everyone else is an mvp is this something that they um you know, is it like a milestone for the company or is everyone who works there eventually, you know, wanting to be an MVP? How does it work? Yeah, so I think they, they really encourage and support that community aspect. So one of the um, interesting things about Cloudway is that we have something called No Meeting Fridays. So oh. the idea is that we don't have any client work or, or meetings on Friday. Uh, Fridays is there for your personal well-being. So it, it's there for you to kind of reflect on your week, plan for your future week, and also for you to do that that personal development. So whether it's listening to a podcast while doing some cooking or or, or going for a walk outside, whether it's creating uh, information for a, a blog post or preparing for meetings, etc. So it gives you that sort of um, nice balance and then obviously because you've got that sort of time to to support and work on the community that's kind of one of those aspects that's really looked for in that sort of uh, you know becoming a, an mvp so it wasn't you know a requirement to be an mvp to join the, the company but they want people to aspire to be yeah at that level i love the i love the friday no meetings as well i think a lot of companies would benefit from that yeah, and I think, you know, what happens if you if you don't have that time to reflect, you know, we're in this world now where we're back to back meetings, you know, people don't necessarily change our meetings to 50 minute meetings, you know, you, you're going from one, one project or activity to another, yeah. and your brain just can't cope. And then at some point you need to reflect and document what you're doing and everything. And it can be quite stressful at that time. So be able to have that time you know, to reflect and to plan and organise and learn is, I think it, it's really a, a healthy thing to do just to kind of get that balance right. Yeah, business is watching, take note. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so just sort of moving on then, what what are your, well, what would you say your, your best career highlights are so far? Um, I suppose I, um, 
I had the opportunity to uh, go and work ab abroad on a, a contract, so um, on a secondment for two years. So that's while I was at, at BT. So that was really interesting. And what made that kind of even special is I was a single parent at the time, right. and I was only the second woman single parent that would, had worked abroad on a secondment. Now that was kind of quite controversial at the time. The number of people that came to me and said, "Well, you're going to work abroad and you're going to leave your your child." My daughter was two at the time behind and I said well I'm going to have to to start off with because I need to, to get myself settled and yet yeah, but nobody would give a second thought if a man was as on a secondment for a project what his marital status was or whether they had children or so that was kind of quite I think um breaking down sort of like you know barriers a bit so that was really interesting to, to get the opportunity just to um, go and work in a country. I'd never even been to Amsterdam before when I went out there. So I thought that that was uh, uh, quite nice. Um, I'm trying to think other things. So I suppose about just over a year ago, I thought, right, I'm really going to get um, serious into the community stuff. I really want to become an, an MVP. So um, I launched my own blog website, so nickychapel.com. So that was quite a journey as well, because I'm I'm not experienced in a creating websites or anything like that. So I spent quite a bit of time, you know, trying to make it look nice, because I think that's part of it. If, if it it needs to look um, professional and workable and, and work out what you're going to cover. So I've been working on that. So that's kind of really pushing me outside of my comfort zone, um, you know, trying to do that sort of creative writing where probably that doesn't come natural to me. You know, I can do the technical, factual type stuff, but being a little bit more creating and doing the story. So, yeah, that, that's been pushing me. And I think, you know, beginning to do speaking at events, I really enjoy doing that, you know, sharing my experience. So, um, yeah, that's good. And I, I think the very last thing that I've been, um, that's just come out is the the yeah, Microsoft maturity model for governance, risk and compliance. So that's literally just come out um in in january so there's been a number of these maturity models uh, worked on in the, the microsoft community so um yes yeah, so i've just been leading on that and it's how we can actually develop that and kind of use that as sort of tools to help um organizations um learn how to kind of take a kind of a cruel walk run approach to um uh, increasing their compliance maturity um, Amazing. Um, with, well, I don't see many women within architecture and I think um, myself, Andrew and John, we were actually having this conversation previously just because I used to be in IT recruitment and I used to focus on, on infrastructure. Part of that was infrastructure architecture and I never saw any women within within the role at all. Um, do you still find this is the case? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So you'll get women in like testing roles and uh, say I, I find them, you know, as business analysts role. But when it actually becomes to much more people that are coming out of those sort of architecture type, um, you know, infrastructure type roles, that does tend to be very, uh, I suppose, male dominated environment. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why. No. Um no, I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, even even consultancy, like this, say 99% male organisated. Me and Andrew have said many times in the podcast um, in the past. Um, I I haven't ever interviewed a female for the, for a role within my team. Mm. Um, and that's and, but that's because the CV hasn't come over, not because I've gone that. Nah. <laughs> 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 like, having a CV, I haven't had a CV over um, a, from a female at all. So like. It's, 
it's hard when when I don't know you're not you're not getting presented with even options. Yeah, I mean I think you know there's various different statistics. So there's only about 19% of the the kind of tech community in the UK that are women. So um, and I haven't seen any breakdown to say where they are on on their careers. So you know I I, I don't know what the kind of the, the answer is um i think people are making choices much earlier on in the career so when you look at the kind of the, the stem subjects the science technology the engineering and mathematics when you're looking at the the technology and the engineering the the number of women taking those those options is still relatively low but if you look at some of the science subjects you kind of or the mathematical subjects you get much more of a equality so you know, i think it comes down to role models with, with children I think I was lucky. My father was an engineer. Uh, you know, I was brought up in the garage as a tomboy. I was always in there with the woodwork and the metalwork and underneath cars and things like that. Um, you know, not interested in Barbie dolls and that. So I think it is having the, those role models. Um, you know, computer science is a subject in, in schools, but again, not that many girls are kind of choosing to take those subjects. No, I think, I don't know what the percentage is, but I literally think it's, like there might be one 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 girl in that in that uh, class or in that um, subject or whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I mean it's something that I've been trying to do and just trying to raise awareness in the best way for you know the younger generation. But it's you know it's hard it's hard to do. Um, yeah, and then I think for for particularly younger people, you you want to have this sense of community. So if yeah. you know you're going into you know, classes or subjects where they're majority of, of boys, then that can feel quite uncomfortable. So that can be also a barrier because you haven't got that sort of um, e equality. But I think all we can do is kind of just keep, you know, just promoting and encouraging as, as many people as possible and make sure people are aware that it doesn't have to be a career that you start off in IT and work yeah. your way up. You know, there's lots of transferable skills out there. because. Yeah. In, in my mind, you know, technology is is just there to to solve a problem. You know, it's 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 the kind of how we're going to do it. The really important questions are, you know, why why does an organisation want to change? Where does it want to get there? You know, what are the rules? And defining that, well, a lot of those are kind of uh, transferable business skills. Even before you get to, oh, now what the technical controls? Oh, I need to run a PowerShell script or something out out there. So yeah, it's yeah just proactively trying to recruit women i suppose so do you think kind of um women like you that are really kind of jumping into the community work and stuff like that um how much of a difference do you think people like you can make um well hopefully i can make a little bit of difference obviously i haven't got a, a, a particularly wide community of, of people looking at that but i think it's everything every little thing i, I that think we can i do. think you i think you've probably got more than what you realize like okay. I, I think kind of the stuff that you've that you've done i think even even more recently like you're popping up on my linkedin and stuff quite quite frequently you're doing lots of talks she was at paris the week before no chicago the, yep. the week before, not at Chicago, but you was doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> if only nice, I was at Chicago, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice, but you was um, you was there, so yeah. you know, like stuff, little stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't following you to know that, if you get what I mean. Like yeah, I was yeah. online stalking you, but like that, <laughs> it popped up in my, it popped up in my newsfeed, and so it shows you are kind of, you, you are being 
like really active at the moment and yeah. you have got a network so yeah like... you definitely inspire me nikki 100 okay. thank you yeah, you're very relatable as well so it's nice to it's nice to speak to you thank you i think i suppose what i was trying to to i suppose come across that in my my last point was really that i promote the community that i have within linkedin and a lot of us are all in the same world so we're all in that microsoft 365 world so we all want to learn with each other but that's a big change from then saying you know you've got this community of microsoft 365 um people to how do we get to to um, the younger generation to bring them in because they're not going to be um you know looking at my um web pages or my linkedin profile they're going to be on on tiktok or or, or something else so it, it it's trying to make things relatable so um and and i don't know i think there's there's so many different groups and um organizations that are trying to to tackle this problem yeah i think um, kind I, of stuff like you said like tiktok is like is a, is a really good way to engage i think uh, is it cat green yeah, has, has done a yeah. has done a tiktok um, channel recently and, and just doing hits and tips and stuff like that i think is, is really good as well um so yeah um i've started different- it and different ways to do it as well. I think kind of uh, I mean, everyone, everyone, including us, are doing like user groups and and, and stuff like that, and blog pages, and uh, and even it's not as many podcasts, I guess, but there are there are a lot of podcasts out there. So like even like showing different ways of of um, showing your love and passion for, for 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 what you do is 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 really good. Uh, something I I thought about for a while was kind of streaming on Twitch and stuff, but. Um, like I just don't have that the, the the ideas to kind of go ahead and do that. To be fair, <laughs> what what is Twitch? Um, it's a gaming streaming um like um, website. So it's mostly for gamers and stuff. But we have like previous guests. Um, um Layla, um, Layla Cozit does a um a coding um channel on there where she goes through and she codes things in person. She has people and she streams it live streams it and stuff. So it's really cool um but yeah there's loads of different things that you can do out there and i think kind of like yeah as you said like tiktok and kind of getting to the the younger audience is really important as well and i think showing stuff like you don't need to go to university and 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 all this stuff and uh, don't need higher education and such to kind of get to a good job like um i think that's kind of that's for me personally i didn't go to university or anything like that so like um there's, there's ways to kind of learn, I think, outside of university, especially in tech. And I'm not saying university is a bad thing to do at all, but like, there are different channels so like, and, and people learn differently. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> bit of a rant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 university kids. That's the message want to portray, is it? But uh, no, I get where you're coming from. Um, so, Nikki, just, I mean, for me as well and for everyone listening, describe your usual working day as a as an architect and, and, your, and your job and what you do. I, I suppose I don't really have a standard day, and that's the kind of the thing that I really um, like, that you could be working on all sorts of opportunities. I think now also moving to, to Cloudware, where it's a much uh, smaller organisation, you've got multiple hats on. So, you know, we're encouraged courage to build those external relationships to to bring you know business into the organization so you've got that type of element of that kind of relationship building and then it's a case of 
working then with clients or potential clients to define what their needs are. So, you know, scoping out those pre-sale type of activities, what do you want to do? Then it may be into some strategic uh, consultancy where somebody might want to be moving to the Microsoft 365 cloud, but a very low on that maturity. So they need that kind of visionary approach of how we're going to get there, what type of approach it is, what's our priority, through to actually supporting clients with some of the implementation of, uh, of their activities as well. Um, other things I've kind of done in the past, I've, I've done things like, you know, you might be doing some um, like technical training, kind of upskill on particular things or, or running demos, proof of concepts. So it's, it's a, all sorts of different things, really. And it could be on all sorts of different topics as well. So you never quite know until you meet the, the, the client. So say I specialize, specialize in uh, uh, governance and, and compliance, really. So really making sure that we maximize the, the best use of Microsoft 365. It's balancing that need of those the people from um, security wanting to lock it all down against the, the productivity of the business. It's finding that happy medium where that governance lie, having some sort of rules and structure. And importantly, making sure that the business know what they're doing. I think too often IT think, hey, this is easy. Well, they're living and breathing, you know, the technology every day. They throw it over the fence and then, you know, Microsoft Teams or something like that is just yet another tool and yeah. people are busy and they want to know, you know, how the technology can solve problems. And I think that's where I come in is how can tech solve those problems? We want to remove blockers. We want to make things more efficient, more effective. We want to reduce risk. So where organisation have got some particular compliance needs, you know, how can we make sure we're minimising that risks while, you know, really um, encouraging productivity? So how did you get down the, the government's compliance route itself then? Was there kind of any type of background in actually enjoying that side of things? Or was it kind of like you just enjoyed the Microsoft 365 products and that's where you yeah. fed into? I suppose it's a bit of both, really. I've always in, in, enjoyed technology. And in, in my um, uh, one of my previous roles, I was kind of a, a doing um, leading business transformations. So it could be all sort of things. So I first started getting into it, I suppose, uh, when I was uh, working on opening up the organization into India and China. So that was the first grasp of how different all the rules and regulations are in the, those organizations. That Just because we worked in one particular way in the UK, you couldn't necessarily work in the same way when you expanded abroad and, and, and were kind of um, uh, outsourcing some of those activities. And then... Um, the PCI DSS regulations came in. That's all about, you know, handling and managing credit cards. And they're very, very prescriptive regulations, you know, um, and there was, um, you know, risks of uh, significant fines. And you've got all of that due diligence to to um, make sure the credit card data it's not so exposed. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this as you actually really enjoy compliance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what nobody else likes compliance, but I suppose somebody no, so does. With me, I really like the Microsoft 365 tooling. So I love I like working on unified labeling, DLP, kind of all of that stuff there. And um, yeah, I really like working on that side of it. But my actual love for compliance itself is is a bit um, yeah a bit far from the mark. I think uh, I enjoy yeah. the products that kind of go behind it. But yeah. and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one of the things is is, is compliance is one of these kind of 
necessary evils I think some people have to say you know things that have to do and there can be a you know a lot of time filling in bits of paper and understanding it all and I think you know where the Microsoft product set really helps is that that, you know there are tools in there to try and make that journey easier and you know particularly with the maturity model that I'm working on as well it's a case of it's, it's how can we streamline this and look at the kind of the commonalities between some of those those things and uh, how can we make that that journey just that little bit less painful? Yeah, I've been looking for someone to talk to about some compliance stuff, so I'm going to hit you up after this. Thank you very much. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that interested you about Cloudway then? Because I know you came from a large organisation to yeah startup, so to speak. So what what was what was that side of it that interested you? Actually, it was a post on LinkedIn uh, by uh, a recruiter, and I just happened to see it, and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I suppose where I was before my last organisation, it did end up being a large organisation, but when I started, it was much smaller, yeah. and it merged into to NTT. So there there wasn't like a big community of, of people that I could kind of brainstorm off and share ideas with. It was kind of quite limited. Um, so when I saw this uh, opportunity coming up and I thought, you know, there's some like really great people working there. That would be something be really good. I'll be able to share ideas, learn from each other. I like the, you know, like the ethos of where, you know, you can um, um, encourage you to kind of do your community activities and share information, because I think that that's really important, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of larger companies can afford to pay for the consultancy and resources, yet there's so many smaller organisations that haven't necessarily even got their own, you know, full-time IT teams and everything. It is how can we get some of that best practice throughout that whole uh, community side of things? So, yeah, I thought, well, why not? I wasn't looking for a job at the time. It was just a post. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And, uh, yeah, it just happened really quickly. <laughs> So your first couple of weeks have been good then. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really, um, yeah, really fun. And they're not based in the UK either, are they? They're um, Scandinavia, aren't they? Yeah, so the company's based in Norway. Um, So there's actually, it's a a virtual office. There are no physical office spaces. So uh, it's people in a a number of different uh, European uh, uh, countries. Um, yeah, so it makes it that's quite an interesting thing as well. So I quite enjoy the ability to uh, be based at home and be able to have that opportunity to to focus and concentrate. I always found it really difficult when I was in an office and you've got noise around you to be able to focus or concentrate on things. Noise and I I, I work out that if I go into the office now, I don't really go there for work. I go there yeah. for socialising now and just um, speaking to people and catching up with people that you don't really get to do too much on over teams and stuff. I mean, you can over teams, but it's different. You can't yeah. go for a beer. Um. <laughs> yeah, I do miss the, at the moment, the the client engagements. I do think that's um, yeah. useful to actually um, sometimes be on, on site, particularly when you're building those relationships and you need to speak to, to lots of different people. Um, it can be hard running a whole day workshop over teams how to keep somebody's interest all day it yeah. is quite hard because um, you, you, you can't really gauge people's um, feelings and, and, and views necessarily, particularly when people don't put their cameras on. 
that's something that that really frustrates me you know i'm presenting to a load of circles with initials in it and it it it's just very surreal i think um I sorry like nikki soon, soon enough you'll be talking to people's avatars oh no i don't like that so I'm afraid. <laughs> the legless people legless some legless objects you'll be talking to soon yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure about that either. To be fair, um, I, if, if I'm going to show an avatar that's mimicking my facial expressions and stuff like that, I might as well just be on camera. <laughs> yeah, I think being on camera is much. Obviously, teams have saved us a lot of time, and like you said, we are now in back-to-back meetings and and whatnot. And if you were going on site, you know, it'd be a, a few hours out of your day, wouldn't it? But <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely more personable on camera rather than I. I always have my camera on anyway, so. Yeah, it's not the best thing just talking to a either an initial or just like a face on a photo. Whatever thoughts you got. Yeah, I mean something I've I found that you need to, you've needed to do in a, in the last two years is just always be the first person there. So if you go into a meeting, it's all like <laughs> if you turn on your camera, you start to notice one or two starts to start to come on as well. So um, yeah, I, I found that better. As I, I work in consultancy as well, Nikki. So like yeah, you need to you need to have a face. I think um, especially as a consultant. So I think, like, in that way, I think you're a bit more trustworthy if people can see your face. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they see my face, they think I'm trustworthy, but still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's your usual... I know you're quite new there. You're, you're on the on, on boarding process and, um, at, at Cloudway, but what's kind of, like, the, the usual day for you, really, at the moment? Is it is it just still... Um, um, yeah, it's still onboarding. I suppose it's but it's also um, I've been brought in as kind of one of the the, the three principal um, cloud architects there to really expand the focus of what they do into governance and compliance. So at the yeah, moment, sure. I'm kind of building out what that looks like. So as well as kind of running the uh, kind of Microsoft Cloud Accelerator types of activities, what other nice. value and workshops and assessments? What's that process going to to look like? Amazing. So you're building your own team now, I guess. Or, uh, I don't know. All uh, oh, right. <laughs> I'm not necessarily a team. I'm not. I'm not a sort of person that's always been um, one of these people that I want to be a manager and lead a team because mm-hmm. I've seen that so many times. Just because somebody is good at what they do, they do doesn't make them a good manager. Mm-hmm. And and I've always wanted to be that that specialist and that kind of consultancy role, adding value. You know, I don't see myself as being a person and that is a career a manager is somebody that is good at managing and getting the best out of the people and removing those blockers so yeah it's not something i aspire to to have um you know, necessarily a big team of people working for me what did you actually want to be when you were younger uh, or, uh... <laughs> i don't know I, I kind of i've never really had anything i knew all i know was I suppose I didn't want to be a girl. That's what I didn't like to be. <laughs> I didn't like to be told, you know, that you were supposed to play with Barbie dolls and wear pink dresses. And, yeah. you know, I remember at school I did a, a paper round and then there was this paper round. It must have been the news agent, some football league and competition. And if you got to the final, you play at Wembley. So I said, I'm going to play. And they said, no, you can't play. And I said, why not? And they said, oh, there's there's only kind of one set of changing rooms, so it's not allowed. So, and, I, and after that, I made that kind of uh, my mantra is that I'm not going to take no for an answer. Okay. So, you know, and, and challenge those things. So just, just silly things like getting my first bank account and a checkbook. They wanted to know whether I was a, a Mrs. and Ms. and Mrs. or whatever. 
Yes. And I thought, that's none of your business. I don't want to do that. So challenging the bank to try and say, I don't want to have that that title associated with me. So, yeah, I've never really known. It's, I said, it's only recently, I said, until I'm about 50, that I've decided, actually, I, I feel really comfortable in, in where I am now. I feel settled in what I'm doing. I, I've kind of get to that, I suppose it's that, that Maslow hierarchy of understanding. You know, you, you're starting off... Um, you know, at the beginning of your career and it's that self-actualization, you know, it's that kind of I'm getting pleasure out of what I'm doing. It doesn't feel yeah. like it's work. So you said about kind of um, like managing, being a manager, kind of maybe not for you, different, yep. different type of career and stuff like that. And I know you just started at, at Cloudway now, but what's kind of, what's, what will be the perfect type of role for you? What if in the future, if you could have like the the role for you now in the future, what kind of would that be for you? I think I probably have got to where where I'm happy with actually that um, being seen as well, hopefully being seen as an expert in the field, yeah. um, and, and being there to help and support organisations through their journey. You know, it is all about that removing blockers and a lot of it is also about i think that change management we see a lot of change management on the end users we've got to train them because of the new tech there's a lot of change management that still needs to happen in that the it world they're coming from that on-premise world they don't understand that the SaaS world is, is completely different and the way that you manage and control and govern it is completely different so it, it's um yeah there's a lot of work to be done there so i think while that there's still things in that area I'm happy to stay here it's an amazing place to to be at uh, definitely one last question then um so who who inspires you within the tech community who inspires me I think that's really difficult to to have one particular person what I really enjoy is the um women and teams community I think that's really really powerful because I find that you know that that's a group of women where I think Sometimes I think women feel a little bit more of that imposter syndrome than men do. Sometimes we we feel that, oh, you know, are we good enough to be where we want to do? Are we good enough to go and want to speak? Or is the quality of our stuff good enough? So it's it's very good to be able to, I think, speak to that group of women that can um, help and um, support, really. So, yeah, I couldn't pick one particular uh, person. So I think it's all of those other women in technology that make it, I think, such a really friendly place to work in um, and very supportive place. Yeah. Nice one. Uh, if anyone hasn't kind of realised, um, Nikki's, um, if you're watching a video, Nikki's um, changed the background and stuff. She's having a bit of um, <laughs> troubles with the internet. So um, I think we might just wrap up uh, wrap up here. It's been a, an amazing episode so far, Nikki, and um, and thanks for, for joining us today, Sophie. No worries. Um, great to have you both here. Just remember... Check out our sponsors, Pit Titan, and um, we'll, we'll take you. We'll see you later from there. Okay, I'm really sorry about uh, the internet dropping out. It's always one of these things. There's, there's always something that goes wrong with technology. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. But it could it happen at worst times, so don't worry about yeah, that. It was absolutely amazing talking to you, Nikki. Thank you. Okay, now thank you ever so much for having me today. All right, thank you. Cheers, then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight and we're also on LinkedIn, the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about BitTitan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. 
let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.